Welcome to History Books and Wine, where three author friends talk about books and fun historical tidbits, all while raising a glass of vino. We're your hosts, Lori and Bailey, Eliza Knight, and Madeline Martin. So, pour a glass and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Lori Ann Bailey. Welcome to the first podcast of History, Books, and Wine. Uh, I write uh, 17th century Scottish historicals. I'm going to let Madeline and Eliza introduce themselves because I forgot what else I'm supposed to say. The wine you're drinking tonight. Oh, the wine I'm drinking tonight. So, yes, our podcast also centers around what we are drinking and... Yeah, we are in the middle of an Arctic freeze, and my kids have been out of school or delayed openings for weeks, and I've had no time alone. So originally tonight, I was going to have a single-serve bottle of Robert Mondavi, but instead I have opted for opening a fresh bottle of Apothic Crush, the smooth red blend. Yummy. By the way. Yeah. Hello, I am Madeline Martin. I am USA Today bestselling author of Historical Romance. Um, And tonight I am drinking a lovely box from 2017, which is a good year for boxes. As (laughs) Uh, this is a black box premium wine that has won 50 medals, mind you, before you judge. 50 Um, medals. This is a Malbec from Chile. So cheers! Very lovely. Yes, cheers. I am Eliza Knight, a USA Today bestselling author of Scottish historical romance, and under the name E. Knight, I write historical women's fiction. Tonight, I am drinking, and I'm going to totally butcher this, I actually just call it stick wine, because on the front of the (laughs) wine bottle is a little tiny stick tied to it. Um, I believe it's actually a piece of the vine from the grapes uh, from the vineyard. It's an Italian wine, 2015. And it says Cantina Zaccanini. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm. I'm sure I butchered that. But you can just go into the store and be like, "Hey, do you have that stick wine? You know, the one with the stick on the front." It's you know, a dry red in front wine. Of us will go faster. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, it's a dry red wine, and it is so delicious. Yay! Yes. So we're all drinking red tonight. Yes. yes. It's a red kind of night, I think, with the winter. I oh, wait. drink red wine anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Pretty, me too. And that's so why we're, we're all friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Unless Every I'm in like a, a bubbly mood. I do love bubbly. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. tonight we're talking about Valentine's Day. Because why not, right? Right. So, um, so we have some interesting facts to share with you. And, um, yeah. Lori, you want to take it all away with the Emperor? I am going first, and um, that is because uh, this one has to do with Emperor Claudius, and I've been doing genealogical research, and according to FamilySearch.org, if you go way, way back, I'm a descendant of Roman emperors. I'm not really (laughs) believing it, but I'm going to own it anyway. (laughs) So I'm going to read this. because this is from Eliza's research, and we'll we'll uh, go into in a few minutes why I have not done historical research on Valentine's Day, and eventually I'm coming around, and I will. But <laughs> this is from Eliza's research. One legend states that in Rome, Emperor Claudius II, third century, banned young men from marrying so he could use them as soldiers to fight his wars. A local priest named Valentine rebelled by secretly mirroring young couples in love. When his treachery was discovered, he was executed. Yet another legend decrees that Valentine, while in prison, sent the first Valentine card himself to a woman who was his beloved and signed it from your Valentine. So according to that, I should not own up to being a descendant of an emperor. So. <laughs> as long as it's not Caligula, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, actually, I've seen that one. Uh, have oh you? my gosh. Yes. Uh, no. Don't drink too much, gay girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Madeline, you are next. Okay, so I am going to be um, discussing two of my favorite sea-named people in history. 
uh, not Caligula, uh, um, when it comes to Valentine's Day. So, uh, first of all, I'll go ahead and talk about how um, how Chaucer came to write about the lovebirds. And so, basically, several bird watchers noticed that birds began to find their mates in nature during the middle of February every year. As a result, this became known as the season of love. So, um, Chaucer actually uh, indicated this in his Valentine's Day poem. And the funny thing is that men began actually writing... Uh, poems and, and little missives and things like that to their lovers about how they were birds seeking their mates and you know at least one of them lewdly suggested having an oversized beak i'm just saying <laughs> so here's what chaucer wrote and uh the parliament de foi year 1382 for this was on senate valentine's day when aaron bird cometh there to chase his mate translation basically is for this was on saint valentine's day when every bird comes to choose his mate uh, and that's maybe where lovebirds came from um, <laughs> and so the interesting thing is with chaucer um is that uh, i was telling the girls i'm actually doing a bunch of research right now um because i have a 14th century bookworm and so the interesting thing is is that they had a bunch of different um non biblical books out there around this time period however they were before chaucer they were actually almost all written in french um but chaucer was the first one to actually write a novel in english and so that was why he was so important to history um and then the other sea named character in history and this one's a little bit later so i'm kind of jumping ahead and then Liz is going to pull us back but um in the 1700s i think we all know casanova so, yes. first of all, Casanova was known for eating chocolate every day to improve his virility. I don't know how he didn't get fat, but I'm sure he tasted <laughs> delicious. Oh, he worked it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he worked a lot of calories. He did a lot of cardio. <laughs> so, on that note, um, actually, one of the interesting things, I did an article a while back on contraception and actually discovered that Casanova was known for wearing linen, linen condoms that he would tie on with a ribbon. Romantic, but I don't know how quite effective it was. Yeah, yeah so, I'm guessing not too yeah. effective. Pity, but is, not. Yeah. <laughs> and now Eliza with the Duke de Orleans. Oh, yes. Um, the oldest Valentine's Day card still in existence today was written by Charles, the Duke d'Orléans, in 1415. He wrote the poem for his wife while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London after the Battle of Agincourt, which was a French and English battle that took place um, in Agincourt, France, and the English, by what seemed uh, to be quite a miracle, won that one. So the card can actually be seen at the British Library in London as of my research, um, Hopefully it's still there. That would be lovely for people to go and see. Um, and an excerpt, I'm going to totally butcher this French, and then I will give you the translation. <laughs> so, je suis déjà de Mortagne, ma très dolce Valentine. <laughs> so, I translates, awesome. thank you. Translates <laughs> roughly as, I am already sick of love, my very gentle Valentine. Um, but I'm thinking maybe more like, I'm already sick with love. Um, could be a better translation. I think so, too. Yeah. So, um, on the heels of that, well, maybe like 100 years later or so, Shakespeare in the 16th century even noted that the Love Day holiday in his play Hamlet, um, Act 4, Scene 5, he wrote, Tomorrow is St. Valentine's Day, all in the morning be time, and I am made at your window to be your valentine. Then up he rose and donned his clothes and dupped the chamber door, let in the maid, let that out a maid never departed more. So, I think we know what that means. <laughs> he must have been friends with Casanova. Right. He something better than linen. Exactly. Oh my goodness. So, I think, uh, Madeline, you were going to talk a little bit about some cards. Yeah, this goes out to all the people who talk about Hallmark being, or um, Valentine's Day being a Hallmark holiday. 
So technically, uh, Valentine's Day was also still celebrated in the Regency era. Um, and so people would actually make cards for one another, and they would take the time to inscribe little messages and everything for one another. And it was actually, it's interesting because this actually occurred between unmarried men and women, which seems like it would be a huge faux pas back then. But apparently this is like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of thing. <laughs> um, so basically this is, they, they were allowed to do it, and nobody said anything. And then apparently the Victorian era they actually were starting to be mass-produced. So the Hallmark holiday thing is basically by the 1700s, pre-made cards were available for purchase. And so it made, and of course we know the Victorians were very much all about, you know, romanticism and how big and wonderful everything could possibly be. And so when things were being mass-produced, you really had to step up your game and make sure that you were doing a great job. You know, the cards had to have handmade poems and everything else, and uh, so it was pretty fancy. So, I just think it's interesting that they were mass-produced by the yeah. 1800s. I don't think a lot of people would have known that. Mm-mm. No, I certainly didn't know. I've learned a lot tonight already. <laughs> no, it's been a very interesting <laughs> Valentine's Day special. <laughs> it really has. All right, so I guess the next thing is I am going to read a sonnet. Sonnet number 43. How do I love thee? How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and the breadth and the height of my my soul can reach. When feeling out of sight for the ends of being an ideal grace, I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely as men strive for right. I love thee purely as they turn from praise. I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with a love I seem to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall but love thee better after death. Sigh. Yes. That's one of my all-time favorite poems. It's a very it, good poem. It really is beautiful. And and this goes into, um, it, and I, I really appreciate this, this goes into why I have not studied the history of Valentine's Day, and I've written a blog post on why I'm a romance author who does not like Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we can still be friends. But you know what? I've learned so much tonight that uh, you know what? Now that I know that Valentine's Day has this awesome history to it, I'm gonna be more interested in it. But I mean, girl, do you know how many Saint Valentines had to die to make yeah. Valentine's Day a day? Yeah, like at now, least three. At least now I know. And you know what? If everyone took the time to do these things that people used to do, it would be different. So. I'm going to go into my story now. When I was in high school, I had a very serious boyfriend. We dated for for three years total. And one Valentine's Day, he got me nothing. Not one single thing. And I remember driving to my mother's work after school, after I had picked her up flowers and we parked in the parking lot. The song that was playing on the radio was... You Were Always on My Mind by Willie Nelson. I know this because this moment scarred me. (laughs) My boyfriend looked at me and said, can the flowers be from me too? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> I got you the really good looking ones. Your mom got you those crappy ones. <laughs> Maybe so the, this from her. <laughs> yeah, the effort I put into getting something that I thought my mom would care about, my boyfriend, who did not get me anything, wanted credit for. So, so that is one of the reasons that I've never been partial to Valentine's Day, and I've written a blog post about why I don't. But... And, and my husband knows, you know, if you stop on the way home from work and pick up a bouquet of flowers or a card, that means nothing to me. Because I feel like it's a last minute thing. You didn't put any kind of thought into it. And even though I've told him that, 
he continues to do it every year. <laughs> so he's <laughs> he is slowly breaking me down. He's like, I don't care what you so, say, Lori. I'm giving you flowers today. Sometimes last minute is also really sweet. Like, yeah. So John is kind of a workaholic, and so, um, but last year he realized that Valentine's Day was the next day. And so um, he went out, apparently, to Walmart at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. And so when the girls and I came downstairs, it's like Valentine's Day had thrown up wonderful (laughs) happiness all over the living room. There were were bouquets of flowers, and there there was seriously a massively giant stuffed animal that was taller than my youngest daughter (laughs) at the time. And it was sitting at my desk, just smiling out at me with a big pink face. And he got, like, giant cards for all of us. I mean, he probably must have spent, like, $300 at 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) What was he drinking that night? And and the girls talk about it all the time. Remember when John went to Walmart at 3 o'clock in the morning? Oh, that's so sweet. And he got for all of us. And And so sometimes when people are busy, you know, even when they make that effort, and even if it is at the last minute, it still comes from the heart. Yeah, yeah, Hashtag and romance author, and that's that's what I said. He's wearing me down. You know, he he is convinced that he needs to get me flowers. That he's not doing his job as a husband if I don't have flowers. So he's adjusted over the years and picked out different kinds. And well, uh, he's kind of right. Yeah, he's trying, <laughs> <laughs> and and he's and he's winning me over. But you guys, I think, have done even more tonight, letting me know about the history because for me history speaks to my heart so i'll have to have him listen to this and um see what he thinks after yeah and and maybe you know sometime in the future when you know you're hanging out with your uh, ancestor the emperor you can be like dude no (laughs) do not execute him yet no one maybe (laughs) maybe this bias was passed down all these generations (gasps) oh my god it's true. <laughs> it's true. Oh, oh no. Gosh. <laughs> that is hilarious. Hey, history lovers, Eliza here. We're interrupting today's happy hour to let you know that Lori and I host another fascinating podcast with our friend Brenna Ash. Hey there, this is Brenna. Crime Feast is a true crime podcast hosted by three friends who are obsessed with all things crime. Each week, join Brenna, Eliza, and I as we serve up a platter of murders, mayhem, missing persons, tragedies, and more. Feast on notorious tales ripped from today's headlines and resurrected from the past. Until then, stay safe out there. We don't want you on the menu next. Now, back to the show. Cheers! I think with Valentine's Day, it's one of those things where it's hard. So I remember being single on Valentine's Day, and I don't know if those of you who know this, but um, when you're single on Valentine's Day, or at least when I was, um, my friends and I called it SAD, which was Singles Awareness Day. <laughs> um, but really, it was just an excuse to drink wine and eat chocolate, which I think can happen any day. Yeah, we, yeah. we all need excuses, so exactly. let's keep making them up. <laughs> Cheers to that. Hey, Casanova knows what it's all about, right? <laughs> but no, I mean, like, you know, I think one thing that's, that's fun about Valentine's Day is just... And it doesn't have to be, like, a significant other that you're with. It could even be friends. Like, I've mm-hmm. even, when my friends and I would have our sad day party, um, we would get each other chocolates and valentines, and we would, we would of course, drink a lot of wine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've even always tried to make it special for my girls, and mm-hmm. Hoff has sort of taken up the mantle of that over the years um, and surprises us all with flowers and chocolates and whatnot. But... Um, I just remember even when our oldest, I think she was like one and a half or two, we like set up the whole family room with balloons and candy and a book and she had no idea. But we were like, look, it's Valentine's Day. We love you so much. And she was like, candy. (laughs) (laughs) I do the same thing. (laughs) I mean, the candy part. Candy. (laughs) Oh, chocolate. That does remind me when my husband and I first started dating. Uh, We lived in New York City. Well, when we we weren't dating any longer, we had moved in together. <laughs> that would be a problem if we were still dating. 
<laughs> I'll be back uh, tomorrow. Don't wait up. <laughs> <laughs> but I came home from work, and he had come home early, and there were roses scattered in the hall, and he had stuff Aww. inside. It was it was really cute. So, like I said, he's slowly winning me over after my uh, yay. That's awesome. My Cheers incident in my childhood day. that destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that boy? We gotta talk to him. Right, yeah. <laughs> I know I was with somebody before who who thought that Valentine's Day was a whole Hallmark holiday and blah blah mm-hmm. blah and everything. And I was like, I wish I would have known about the 1700s thing then. Yeah, you could have been. been like, yeah. you know, Hallmark didn't exist in the 18th century. <laughs> <laughs> God. You know nothing. I know, right? Guess I'll just have to save that. Yes. <laughs> But I have had I have had Valentine's Day recycled for me. Um, I don't know like if this has ever happened to either of you guys, but I was dating this guy, and he was like, "Yeah, I did this really special Valentine's Day treat for this girlfriend of mine," and it was he was talking about how he put like roses all over town and put like a little Aww. poem on every single one of the the, po- uh, the roses that like led to the next place. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened next Valentine's Day that we were together. <laughs> Hmm. You're like, wow, deja vu. Where have I heard this before? Yeah. Thanks, Casanova. <laughs> You're like, you got that bow. You got that bow ready for me later. <laughs> Some of your chocolate. <laughs> Very not so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, I did not mean that. Dying. <laughs> I need some more wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that was really good. <laughs> yeah. But no, I always do, like, we try to do fun stuff with the girls, too. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, so now I'm divorced, but um, anytime, I'm still with John. But, um, you know, whenever the girls are with their dad for Valentine's Day, they know that as soon as they come back home, there's going to be a whole Valentine's Day place setting. Oh waiting for them the biggest problem we have now is we're trying to minimize candy because we have some little pilfers of candy um Mm. (laughs) i have one of those as well and then Mm -hmm. that little hoard of it in their room and keep the trash in there because yep hide it in the drawer so that you find it later and you're like mine put it underneath their bed and they have no bed skirt (laughs) and i'm like what is all of this stuff underneath your bed is that candy? Is that like candy, candy and, and chips? And, like, oh and this God. is why you will never have a bed skirt. Because yeah. <laughs> and this is why we're drinking our uh, red wine tonight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody told me about this. So when I was like, oh, I'm going to be a mom. It's going to be great. Nobody yeah, where's the like, manual? kid is going to put an empty ice cream carton underneath their bed after they finish yeah. eating it at 3 o'clock in the morning. Nobody and they're going to leave it there for a month. Yeah. And <laughs> you will be trapped inside with them for days because yes. there's a polar vortex and <laughs> nobody can get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm in Florida, so I don't have that, but... <laughs> but it was so cold. It was like in the 40s. I almost died. Actually, it was uh, in the 30s this morning. And I oh my gosh, that's a died. heat wave. Yeah. My husband sent a picture of his um, car temperature this morning, like, on the road. It was negative three. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm staying in bed. No way. I remember... <laughs> Except I had to get up. <laughs> yeah. So Kids. We, my ex-husband's parents used to live, or still live in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to go drive and visit them. And I remember we were going through, like, Kansas. And there was a blizzard that came through. And I remember they were talking, oh, it's going to be snow. It's going to be great. Well, anyways, um, it was six, and six I'm degrees. Not prepared for single oh, digits. It's so cold. It's painful. Yeah, that was like here today. Six. That was yeah. awful. So, but the best was um, so the girls had never actually been in snow before, mm-hmm. and they were, I think, like two and five, and so they had we had Florida winter clothes, which are basically like jackets and no gloves, and so um, my my former mother-in-law was going to be getting them all their little padded jackets and like legit snow clothes so when we stopped by kansas um the girls wanted to go outside and play in snow and it was this big big field that hadn't had anybody step on it and we all know how like that fresh crisp snow is it's like begging for footsteps to just like yes yeah so anyways so they go out and they're playing 
and they're like making snow angels and throwing snowballs and everything and so i see my youngest make a snow angel and she starts to roll up and her jacket pulls up and her shirt wasn't tucked into her pants and so you see this pink little belly hit the snow and i knew i knew right then and there screams it was done it was going downhill fast so she stands up and she does that really, really, really long inhale that yeah. you know is going to be awful coming out. And it was. Mm-hmm. So they're screaming. They want to go inside the hotel room. So I'm like trying to get the hotel key out. So I get it out and I open up the door and they're standing there with their little red shaking wet fingers. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course they didn't have gloves. And it's because we don't have this in Florida. And mm-hmm. so we get in the hotel room. And you know how, like, when it's really cold outside and then you get inside and it's warm? How it yes. burns? Yes. So they start losing it. They're both, yep. like, screaming. So then I happen to look at my oldest daughter and I see she has this wad of gum st- like, <laughs> stuck on a hair. And it's, like, swinging around her face. Aww. So I start laughing. Because, I mean, really, it's either that or the fetal <laughs> position. So I start cracking up. And so she's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you laughing? So I'm like, you have gum in your hair. So she's like, what? So she runs over to the bathroom. She sees the gum in her hair, and she starts screaming all over again. So then, of course, my youngest daughter wants to see what's going on. So she runs in the bathroom, but apparently the tile that they used was like glass or something because her shoes were wet. So as soon as she oh, no. oh, no. slips and she flies oh. in the air and she does like a back body slam oh, and she my goodness. starts screaming. So I just start laughing harder. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have to at that point. What yeah. else are you going to do? It's just crazy yeah, at that point. Like you can't so do anything else. My was just like, what is wrong with you? You're really freaking me out. <laughs> You're like, it's either laugh or cry, honey. And that's why Floridians <laughs> don't go in snow. There you go. <laughs> That's why I Oh my gosh. Here. Yeah, it was interesting though. But yeah, it was six in Colorado. And I was really excited for snow until it was six. And then yeah. I was no longer excited for snow. No. Then I was excited for coffee and being inside. Yeah. I don't think anyone is really all that excited at six. Although my brother last night, him and his fiance, did go skiing in this horrible blizzard. And they, I think they had a good time until okay. she fell on oh. the ice. Oh, no. Because it's not, like, really even, like, snow anymore. It's ice. <laughs> yeah, because it, it <laughs> melted so during the day and refroze on top. Yeah. Wait, I can honestly say I've never been skiing because I'm from Mississippi originally. And at this point in my life, my kids want to go because we live further north now. Yeah. But I have no interest and my husband probably wants my help taking them at this point, but I've told him we can go and I'm going to sit yep. in front of a fireplace and write while you take them out there skiing. Because he's from New York. He knows what he's doing. I, I have went, no clue. I went skiing once. Um, I think I was like 13 or 14. My, I went with my parents and my siblings and um, my dad, it was my first time, so my dad got me an instructor and I had the instructor on the bunny slope and I was like totally rocking it like wow, I'm really good at this, and I am not coordinated. I can, like, at that time, I was, like, really good with rollerblading and stuff, which is, like, if anyone knows me now, they're like, no way, I don't believe you. (laughs) Um, But, like, I was totally into it, and so I was doing great, and then this um, kid, like, cut off my instructor, so she, like, flipped over this kid, and the kid's ski went right into her forehead, so there's, like, blood everywhere. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God! I'm done. I'm so done. And my dad was like, no, it's fine. That was a fluke accident. I'm going to take you up on the hills myself. I think, you know, you've been doing great on the bunny hill right now. Like, I'm going to take you up onto the intermediate slope. It'll be it'll be great. And I was like, all right, dad, I trust you. And then I went up. <laughs> I'm scared to know <laughs> so I'm like going like, you know, first 20 feet or so. <laughs> and then I just like. I don't know what happened, but the next thing I know, I'm, like, rolling down the hill, like, legit, like, (laughs) head over heels, my poles, I don't know where they are, skis are, like, flying off my feet, (laughs) and I, like, land in this heap, and I'm, like, staring up at the sky, like, what? And this little kid, he had to be, like, four or five, I'll never forget it, he, like, does this whole, like, like that, like, right up to me, sprays snow on me as he's, like, breaking, and he's, like, are you okay? And I was, like get away from me <laughs> like 
<laughs> you're like five. <laughs> and you're like a genius skier, and I'm horrible. And um, yeah, so I spent the rest of the day in the uh, lodge with the uh, fireplace and some hot cocoa, and I've never got again. And my husband's yeah. not a big, like, skier or anything, and so the kids have never asked. <laughs> like, thank God. <laughs> my, mine have. And I think, I think it's that point of no, no return. return kind <laughs> of, you know, if you haven't learned by a certain age, yeah. you're not interested in it. Because all I see is broken bones. Yes. <laughs> well, like, I was like, I okay, I could try snow tubing. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought maybe I'll try snow tubing or something, like, with the kids. And then one of my really good friends... She went snow tubing and broke her arm, yeah. like last year. And I was like, "Okay, um, I'm gonna pass on that one too. <laughs> yeah. Like that would be me. And I would, I would break something. I mean, I break things just walking. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm walking on a straight level line, and now I'm on the floor. So, so is it dangerous? <laughs> as I get, um, my kids were invited to one of those um, bounce house parties not too long ago, and they have this <laughs> giant one. <laughs> Or I spit out my mind because I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Where you can jump down and there's like this X you're supposed to land on. But they have all these warnings at the top. Don't jump this way. Don't jump that way. They're like, you can't jump straight down because you're going to break your ankles. Oh so God. I am the mom out of all. I mean, I, I, I'm 45 and probably most of the people there were my age or younger. They were younger moms, <laughs> and I'm the one that got my, my butt up there <laughs> and tried. And I get up there and see all these warnings, and then I'm like, okay, I can still do this. So I sneak up to the edge because my plan is to jump out so that my feet are straight in front of me and I can land on my butt. <laughs> well, <laughs> what happens when you get to close to the edge... <laughs> Is it caves in? Oh my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went down flat on my face, oh. and, and my husband has a video of it. Where was the warning for that? Where was? It? Yeah, yeah, there was no warning for that. But on the side, <laughs> but I felt like since I screwed up the first time, I had to do it again. <laughs> I'm like, I can prove that I can do this. <laughs> so the second time I go up there, I don't go all the way to the edge. But apparently I don't go far enough. <laughs> <laughs> because I tried to jump out and my butt landed on the ledge. Oh. <laughs> and then I ended up face first down at the bottom again so my, <laughs> so my husband has a video of that as well but I do have to say I am the one that got up there only one other parent got up there and I heard him complaining about his back after so you, I, I feel vindicated yeah I completely agree you know what I'm the cool mom because cool. I tried and I yeah. laughed at myself exactly. yep. I, I would have totally done it with you after I went to the bathroom let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest jumping that much <laughs> yep so. I will occasionally go like we have a trampoline park out here and I will go and jump with the girls at the park and um, yeah there's a lot of bathroom breaks shut up yeah, don't say a don't word I'll be back don't tell oh, I'm back. Oh, wait. Nope. Gotta go again. Be right back. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell anybody about this, except I'm going to put on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> so, I guess we should also kind of talk about um, our Valentine's list. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yes, we should. Mm -hmm. yes. So, at Christmas, we did a 30 days of our favorite gifts. We call it our list lassies. And um, for Valentine's Day, we decided to do 10 days of our favorite Valentine's gifts, either to give that. out or to receive or to give for yourself. Um, and as of the posting of this show, we will have the whole list for you in the show notes. I've always wanted to say show notes, so had to add <laughs> that in there. But um, it's really cool because it gives people ideas of what to give other people, what you would you know what you might want to receive or just something special for yourself so i think for our last day didn't we decide 
Was it something for ourselves? I can't remember. So, well, if we all know what we're going to do for the nine days, why don't we go over those first and then we oh, can I discuss them. I definitely the... don't know yet. Oh, you don't know yet. Okay. So... So it'll be a surprise. It will be a surprise. Eliza's surprise Valentine's list. I knew that you can click in the show notes. The first one I put, <laughs> I put a puppy because I wasn't Aww, sure what the answer puppy. was. Oh, puppy! Oh, that's so cute. Your, no, don't get a puppy. Oh, I love because puppies. You have to keep that thing alive. And you yeah. Have oh, yeah, to I have it, too. I know. And you have to walk it. Well, and dogs now. It was just a placeholder because yeah. it was cute. But you know, it. and it's not just about keeping the puppy alive, though. It's about you staying alive. And like all the things that I've eat. told you all oh my, my like, horror so stories. Much work, yes, <laughs> and you, you know my my dog has one of my dogs has health problems, so yeah. that's a lot of work too. There's a lot of work. So, and but also side note, um, Lori and Eliza both have dogs, and I do yeah. not. And every now and then they'll start talking about something horrible going on with their dogs. Yeah. Like, Eliza, <laughs> the time that yours ate the moose poop, and then oh, it was deer deer poop. Yeah, poop. you, you mean like dog. every day? <laughs> Yeah. Mean, they they like, run <laughs> out the back door, and I can see them headed for the forest. And I know, yeah. and then you, you see them with their mouths on the ground, and they're like, they're like, oh, someone spilled all these M and M's out here for us, <laughs> and it's deer poop. And one dog can handle it, the other one can't. So then she brings it herself oh, inside and throws up on my kitchen floor at least once a week. Deer poop, and I'm like, really. Yeah. And that's why we Good keep you're our, our dogs, <laughs> we have to keep our laundry room door shut when they're um, out of their crate, because one of my dogs will run in there and eat the cat poop. Oh, yeah. So that's where we keep the cat litter. <laughs> you're like, thanks for it, cleaning that up yes, for me. It also happens to be our dog that uh, has seizures Aww. occasionally. So. so I have fish. Um, <laughs> and, and you're doing just, great with the fish you know what i cannot keep fish alive i'm okay with dogs and cats yeah, but fish are nope. tough i'm so, impressed and the, so here's the funny thing about the fish so my youngest asked for fish for christmas and we can't have pets because my uh, my boyfriend's allergic to cats and then you know we just don't have time for a dog and also there's the moose poop horror um, <laughs> you're like no absolutely no, not uh, no, I vomited <laughs> well yours would just be alligator poop yeah, out there exactly. right no deer poop you've got <laughs> alligator yeah in our backyard my name is Oscar, uh, sometimes. but so um so anyway she's like i want a fish and i'm like oh a fish it's like 50 bucks cool i'll go and get her a fish well so then i start doing all the research and they're like don't get in this teeny tiny little tank because they get so sad to live in that and i'm like oh okay i guess i have to get a bigger tank Five hundred dollars later. You <gasps> oh, my guys, oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So those things better mm-hmm. stay alive. They better. <laughs> yeah, they better. I have, I, have I have financially invested in this. <laughs> yeah, you were definitely invested. <laughs> I did not anticipate this was going to cost like five hundred dollars. That's like when we got our dog. We had had a boxer before, and then when he passed away, we decided to get a new fee. And you know, we were like, "Oh, the other big blah blah blah." Well, we were like totally morons we got the large crate or the extra large crate or something and by six months she like could not fit into this crate anymore and we were like what in the world so we had to special order like triple xl crate tell me how much your dog weighs oh she's 160 pounds she is freaking massive she's like a bear our neighbors will actually text me and be like is there a bear in your backyard? Like, they're totally joking because they know it's my dog, but she looks like a bear. She like, is a big dog. She is so huge. Sweet. She is. She is literally the sweetest, funniest thing. And I think she understands, like, she's really smart. She understands everything I say when I'm like, hey, do you want to come over here? Or, hey, get out of my office. Or, Wait, like, the did you eat that trash? What? Is she the moose poop one? No. Okay, well, she does eat the moose poop. She doesn't throw it up. That's a, I mean, we, that's really yeah. what the other one throws it up. <laughs> we got uh, an aspect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got smaller dogs so that um, so that we could have lap dogs. They're okay sitting yeah. in our laps, but our uh, dogs sit in our laps too. Yeah, my <laughs> husband. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's it's hard when a sixteen pound dog sits in your lap. I can't even imagine. It's crushing. My my husband calls me the Pied Piper because every time I get up and move, they follow me. Oh, (laughs) and they know when I say certain words, they jump. Yeah, they know. They do. If I'm like treat or apple, because like she loves apples for her treats, and since she is so big, I try to feed her like very healthy stuff because I don't want her to get like overweight or whatever because it's so hard on their joints mm-hmm. so i'm like apple who wants an apple who wants cucumber mm-hmm. and she's like i do oh my god <laughs> i will eat all of it <laughs> 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 if 
I could like actually sit down and talk to her and be like, listen, I will give you as many apples if you want if you will just stop eating the poop. (laughs) I mean, we'd we'd break that deal. Like, I would buy her an apple tree. She could like just eat apples to her heart's content. So we actually, because I had a dog before before I got published and my ex-husband took the the dog. But so anyways, it was so funny because at one point in time, I had both the kids were standing up on the couch, and so was the dog. And I said, hey, if y'all are going to be up there on the couch, you need to sit. And you know what? <laughs> Me, the dog, sat. <laughs> My kids were like, what? <laughs> that's so funny. Very obedient. Yeah. He's, so. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. So, so the list lassies for Valentine's Day. So we are going to be sharing not only ideas for women, but we've decided that we're going to do, um, each of us are going to take one of our three days and make it about the men and as far as what we can get for the men. And so I know for myself, um, for Christmas, I actually got John a foot massager. It's like one of those super fancy ones. It looks like a bubble that you put your feet into. Um, and it heats up and it has like different levels of like massage and everything. And he loves it. And so um, that's what I'm going to be putting for my hmm. guy's suggestion. Mm-hmm. Guys well, I'm breaking by four. Yeah, they are. I'm breaking mine into three parts. I mean, well, obviously we have three days, but my my kids are all just a little bit older. So I've got one day where I'm talking about what to get boys, one day where I'm talking about what to get girls, and it oh, can be girls that are older. It can be, yeah, they really, they need to be after teenage girls, what I'm um, suggesting. But then uh, I, I do also have a gift in mind for a significant other, but it also goes into my how I've never been a huge fan of Valentine's Day. And I, I, <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's, I think it's the thought that goes into it. So um, mine, mine always has a lot of thought that goes into it because I feel like that's what shows somebody that you really care. Yeah. I'm never buying a present. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But you know what? When it's not expected, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) When it's not expected, it's okay. But anyway, so we will all have that in the show notes when we are done. Plus, we are probably... I think all of us are going to post it in blog posts on our websites, and you can follow us all on our websites. Yep. And sign up for our newsletters there. But um, what else were we... We were going to discuss what we've been reading. Oh, new releases and what we've been reading. That's what's left on the... um, Which one do you guys want to do first? We could talk about what we're reading. I've got mine handy. Okay, Okay, you go first. Because... Because I looked at the uh, the list tonight, what we needed to be uh, talking about, and I picked out um, this book that I've started. I haven't had a chance to finish it because I'm also uh, I have paused because I'm uh, judging the Ritas, and I have to finish those six books that I was given. So I'm not talking about those. I'm reading a different book of my own choosing and I cannot remember where I got this I got it from a show or if it was from um, from one of those uh, Avon books uh, where they're wrapped in the brown oh I love those the blind date with a book those are so great yes but uh, but I've never read this author before Uh, so I'm not sure if it's pronounced Carolyn or Caroline Linden have you guys read her before no the book is called Six Degrees of Scandal. Ooh. Yes. So maybe what I should do, since I have not, I'm only on Chapter 5, and I'm just now getting into it because the um, while I'm enjoying it, the hero did do something that I'm not happy with. So I'm sure, he'll, I'm sure he will <laughs> redeem himself. Yes. But um, so since I, uh, I have only made it to Chapter 5, I'm going to read the back so you guys know what it's about. The only thing more irresistible than scandal. Olivia Townsend is in trouble and out of options. Pursued by a dangerous man in search of a lost treasure she doesn't possess, she's got only two things in her favor. Her late husband's diary, which she was never meant to see, and the man who was her first and only love. Losing him broke her heart. 
though she's been careful to hide it for the for the last 10 years. But when he comes to her aid and vows to stand by her, no matter what, she can't help but hope things will be different for them this time. Oh. Uh, wait, we've got his part here. Is a second chance at true love. James Weston has blamed himself for letting Olivia down when she needed him years ago. And now he'll do whatever it takes to keep her safe and to win her trust again. He's confident he can outwit the villain chasing Olivia. But being so near her again threatens to expose every secret in his heart, even those that he swore would stay hidden forever. So I'm looking forward to finishing my Rita books so that I can finish this book. That sounds really good. Mm -hmm. It does sound really good. Mm -hmm. All right, who's... Who else is reading something? <laughs> oh, I'm... Okay. okay, go ahead, Madeline. Yeah, you go ahead. Okay, so um, I just finished um, Someone to Love by Mary Ballog. Um, it is number one in her Westcott novel series. I really enjoyed it. And I can read to you the blurb as well. Um, Humphrey Westcott, Earl of Riverdale, has died leaving behind a fortune that will forever alter the lives of everyone in his family, including the daughter no one knew he had. Anna Snow grew up in an orphanage in Bath, knowing nothing of the family she came from. Now she discovers that the late Earl of Riverdale was her father and that she has inherited his fortune. She is also overjoyed to learn she has siblings. However, they want nothing to do with her or her attempts to share her wealth. But the new Earl's guardian is interested in Anna. Avery Archer, Duke of Netherby, keeps others at a distance, yet something prompts him to aid Anna in her transition from orphan to lady. As London society and her newfound relatives threaten to overwhelm Anna, Avery steps in to rescue her and finds himself vulnerable to feelings and desires he has hidden so well and for so long. Ooh, Ooh I, like yeah. I got chills at one point during that. It was really good. I've never read one of her books before, <laughs> and... Um, I'm not sure. It, like, popped up on my uh, Kindle or something. I'm not sure. And I was like, ooh, that looks good. Like, I'll give it a shot. And I really, really enjoyed it. That does sound really good. Yeah. It does. So I confess, I um, don't typically read books. I listen to all of my books because I have no time. <laughs> there is nothing Audible. wrong with that. Yeah. I do yeah, that, too. Yep. Comes from, I love uh, Audible. Yeah, I always have a Kindle and an Audible going at the same yep. time. Yep, I do, yeah. too. I, I do have both, uh, pretty much all the books that I read. Those are all research um, and craft books. And by craft, mm-hmm. I don't mean knitting. I mean, like, writing. Um, <laughs> but so anyways, I, I know I posted one time in a group. I was like, does anybody have any craft books to recommend? And somebody posted a bunch of, like, crocheting books. And I was like, oh, still <laughs> Okay, you were in the wrong group there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely the wrong group. <laughs> but I think that listening to books counts as reading. I, I always know, say it's something I've read. Yeah. You know what? It I'm sorry. It's still it, a book. It is. It does, and I think it helps with writing because it helps you get the flow of dialogue mm-hmm. and how things um, flow right. flow a little easier. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I know for me it's helped increase the amount that I've been able to read because, yes. for one thing, when you're sitting at a computer all day, the last thing you want to do is then use your eyes even more but also I think a lot of us spend time driving or cleaning or I mean I even listen to mine in the shower which is somewhat dangerous because I do sometimes <laughs> drop in the shower but with the risk <laughs> yeah I listen to mine while I'm doing dishes or laundry what yeah happened to her? there was a really good twist in her book ah, dang it I got water in the speakers but I also listen to mine I told I've told you girls this before but I listen to mine in the store now I put in my headphones and while I'm shopping like I listen to the books because shopping is I mean for me anyway shopping is really boring especially yes. when you're going for your regular weekly grocery or whatever and you're getting your same old apples and you know bread and whatnot um so having the books there with me really makes the shopping more enjoyable right i listen to a a lot when i do like the laundry because yeah Mm -hmm. that's when i listen to mine yeah and so i'll put on um but now it's interesting when i when the kids are home because i have to like i'll put in like one earbud in and leave the other one out yes because i need to still hear like hey mama 
But like, I still want to hear what's going on in my story, and some of the stuff they can't listen to. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's funny because when when my kids were in preschool, I used to you know drive them to preschool, and I would have songs on for them on the radio, <laughs> and I would have my earbuds or headphones on. And one day, mom stopped me. She goes. I saw you driving with your headphones. Do you know that's against the law? Oh my gosh, is it really? <laughs> yes, apparently it is. I was actually thinking, oh my god, I think that's against the law. But I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Because and then you said that, so... Yeah, she's right. So, so you learned so something. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but does it count if you have one in and one out? Right. <laughs> but so, okay, so my book was called Medieval Woman. Village mm. life in the middle. Very ages. cool. Um, and I, I actually, think I have that book. So yeah. So it's interesting. Um, it's it's by Anne Bayer, B A E R, narrated by Sarah Whitehouse. And I felt the narrator did a very good job. That's the thing about audiobooks is that the narrator almost adds another level to reading. Mm-hmm. Like they could, mm-hmm. you can have a, a really crappy book that has a great narrator and it's amazing. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes you can have a really great book that gets destroyed by a bad narrator. <sighs> Um, in this case, it was a it was a combined for the win. And the interesting thing is, I actually started this book. Um, I don't have the blurb, so I'm just going to talk about it. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I've had wine, so this could be good or bad. <laughs> so basically, um, with this book, I, I got it because I was like, oh, a, a woman's life in um, medieval England. That's fantastic. That's what I want to learn about. Perfect. So yeah. I start mm-hmm. listening to it. And I'm expecting it to be this very, very dry, like, oh, and then this woman did she did blah 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 blah, you know. <laughs> but it actually ended up being told in a story setting, and it was so well done. Like it starts off with her, um, and she's sleeping, and she hears a baby crying. She picks up her baby, and it's freezing cold, and the baby's sick, and she's trying to like kind of take care of it. And the husband's like, "It's cold. Come back to bed." And she's like, "But no, because the kid may die." Such a it was a good book because it, I felt like it really let you get into the psyche of like a peasant woman yeah. in the medieval ages where you know they're um, almost like having a personality is frowned upon like there was this one right. woman who who said things that she, the way she spoke was almost poetic and people were like she's um, and, and it's just really really it was, I thought it was very fascinating so looking for a very well historically researched book that will give you a really great uh, insight into what a woman's life was from a peasant's perspective in the middle ages I highly recommend Medieval Woman Village Life in the Middle Ages by Ann Bear because it was really really well done I would like to listen to that so we have to have it in the show notes oh, yes it will be put it in the show notes, notes. <laughs> put it in the sh- we'll add all of our books to the show notes, in the show notes. yes I think that's a great idea <laughs> I feel like we're so, gonna say this like all the time. My wine is all the time. I, mean, I hear so like, I, I can hear I the pour. Like, <gasps> that was oh, me. Put <laughs> some wine in mine. Yeah, pass the bottle. Just don't, don't take that chill. <laughs> just the wine. I'm, oh my okay, gosh, my microphone wine. works so really well. <laughs> I was tempted to send John a text message and be like, "Can you please bring me some more wine?" <laughs> I should have brought the box in here. You should. <laughs> you should I brought the bottle in. Right. I brought the bottle, too, just because I was like, oh, I need to bring it in there so I can see what it's called so I can tell everyone what I'm drinking, because I knew I wasn't going to be able to pronounce the word. Um, but it's been great since it's been in here. <laughs> <laughs> see, and I, I, I was the idiot that was like, oh, let me take a picture on my phone. And then I was like, oh, my wine is all gone. Darn. Oh, see, now next time you know. <laughs> right? I do have soup. I could slurp that. You guys want Perfect. to do that? Let's hear you slurp. <laughs> <laughs> I think the pouring sounds better. It's a, no, I it really, like it's really great. We could totally hear that. Significantly more appealing. Yeah, <laughs> I do have Perrier, but that's different. It's just yeah, totally different. But I do drink. It we had a um, up, I'm just saying. <gasps> when we were doing, I, I've done the whole thirty like a few times, and one of them we were hosting this huge party at our house. It was actually one of the MRW parties, a um, a romance writing group that. Um, for the Maryland romance writers, whatever. So anyways, we were hosting, like, all these people here, and I was doing Whole30, so I couldn't have wine. So I had, like, I carried around a wine goblet filled with sparkling water to, like, try to, like, entertain myself. But it was, like, everyone's drinking, and I was like, but I love wine. Is is that the year that I came? It might know each other, and I brought you whiskey, and you probably had no idea who I was. And you brought chocolate pretzels, I think, too. And I was like, Uh oh, this year, remember? She brought me liquor and chocolate pretzels, and I'm whole thirty right now. (laughs) But it was so funny because 
that was like a year or two before we actually like officially met and you were like oh i've been to your house and i was like oh i'm so embarrassed like <laughs> you've been to my house what and you weren't even drinking i know i wasn't that's the worst Did part I like i wasn't here? even drinking <laughs> i was like maybe that's why like i have to drink <laughs> i would have remembered you if i had had wine I can yeah that. yeah john and i did the whole lunch 30 um mm-hmm. like basically so we try to do like a couple date nights a month because whenever my ex-husband gets the kids we'll try to make sure that we do a date night that week. yeah um and so so we were like oh well what are we going to do for date night so we were talking about the pretty dismal prospects ahead of us and then finally <laughs> we were like you know what just enjoy date night so we yeah. went, i remember we went to we went to longhorn and we got like the the cheesy mushroom stuffed thing that was like oh, that sounds good greasy juices <laughs> and then we both got like steak topped with some kind of cheese and, and I, I got potatoes you're like the anti-30 night right yeah and, like, and then i got like potatoes and french fries because why not and then we got dessert and we both had like two glasses oh of wine i was oh. so sick oh i can't day. imagine like, i could not even move off the couch i was like if i move i might explode i might explode <laughs> like Going into it, it was the best thing I'd had in my entire life. But being on the other side of it, it was the worst thing I'd ever had in my entire life. Oh, I know. <laughs> but we did it again two weeks later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the funny thing about Whole30 is like, I remember when I was doing it, I was like, man, I feel so great. I'm sleeping so good. I'm never going to go back to processed foods. But then yeah, on right. day 31, I'm like, I'll take Cheetos. I'll get some Coke. I'll get some Where are those Oreos at? Yes. yes. <laughs> because, I, and Eliza, I remember when I was talking about the whole thing, mm-hmm. you told me that you felt like meal prep was a, was your full-time job. Yes. And I get it. Because when I was doing the whole 30, the reason we haven't done it again is because if I so wasn't eating something, I was prepping something or yep. cooking it's something. Just food all the time. about all the crap I had to do and didn't want to. Yeah. If I was like a chef, constantly. I would do Whole30 all the time. Yep. Well, since we're talking about health, this may be a good time to mention our Facebook group. Um, oh, yeah. What are we oh, called? Yeah. Write Strong. Read Strong. Write Strong, Read Strong. Live Strong. Live Strong. So it's, it's yes. Write Strong, Read Strong, Live Strong. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and it's basically, it's, it's, um, it's romance writers and readers. It's not for promotional purposes at all. It's really nope. just a bunch of women motivating one another to make sure that we're staying in shape and we're staying healthy, we're eating properly. Um, and it's it's really a lot of like motivation and support. We do post-workout selfies for the people who are comfortable posting those. We share recipes. I actually did, um, tonight I actually posted an Instapot um, live video showing how I use my Instapot and I showed like a really think great um recipe for a tortilla soup um and it's it's just really motivating like we we set weekly yeah. goals and everything mm-hmm. we it love is. it mm-hmm. yes so if anybody would like to join it's on facebook it's called write strong read strong live strong so yeah and we'll right. put the link in the show notes too and i think we're on. getting close to an hour so yeah. let's see what else is on our list hour. oh we have to it is a wonderful our happy hour recently released books. yes and Lori had one that released today which is Yay. You know, i did have a release today and i do i like i text i texted you guys earlier i was I, I didn't go into how bummed I was all afternoon that Amazon was not um, updating anything, and it looked <laughs> like my book had sold absolutely zero copies. Um, my book is called The Highland Garden, His Lady, and it's a novella that was part of an anthology that we were in together with, uh, it was Madeline Martin, Eliza Knight, Cecilia Mecca, and Lorianne Bailey. And it was about uh, Ladies of the Stone was the name of it and regarding uh, protecting Scotland and it had some paranormal aspects and so we've all broken those off and done our novella separately and mine came out today. It's called The Highland Guard and His Lady and most of the day Amazon did not update any numbers so at 6 o'clock tonight I was looking at it and well, at five o'clock tonight, I looked at it and I said, "There have been no sales today." Like, so really? I'm dying, thinking nobody wants to look at my books, nobody wants to read my books, and all of a sudden at six o'clock, it um, 
it somehow magically appeared that I'm <laughs> number one in new releases in Tudor Romance, which is a little bit outside of the time period, but um, through uh, I published through Draft2Digital to Amazon, and there were not many options as to time periods that this particular book fit into. So even though it's slightly outside of Tudor, uh, the Tudor time period, it's number one in new releases in the Tudor time period. Yay! And I'm very excited, and I started crying in the middle of, uh, I, I had my children, one of my children at religious school, and I started crying in the lobby Aww. of the um, the temple because there was such a relief that people wanted to read my book that, that for some reason today I had doubts. And that's, you know, that's part of being a writer is yep. those paralyzing doubts the where doubts for, for a few minutes you think that you're not a credible writer but yeah. it, it's it's hard to get past that and once you and, and they're always going to creep in those moments are always going to creep in but um for any writers that are listening i mean i've won the national reader's choice award i've won the holt medallion and i still have those moments where i think nobody wants to read my books so so take that to heart and know that I don't know that there is hope and that that you are worthy of your words and and keep writing. <laughs> but but I'm excited. Yes, the the Highland Garden his lady released today. And we'll yeah. put that link in the show notes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What about so, Madeline? Eliza, yours came out already, right? And Madeline, yours is coming out soon. The, I know, you guys but you guys can talk about that when you talk about your newest releases. <laughs> Madeline, you go first. No. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. So um, I my latest book um, is The Highlander's Hellion. It's book three in my Sutherland Legacy series, which um, is a historical Scottish romance medieval era. And I actually can read you the blurb. Um, Lady Greer was a hellion from the moment she could walk. So when the young woman is forbidden by her father, the Earl of Sutherland, to sail, she steals a boat and rows it out into the Firth anyway. But her relaxing jaunt turns into so much more when a storm ravages the chill waters and the prospect of death is soon upon her. The last thing that Roderick McCulloch expects to find while out scouting his property is a soaked lass upon his shores. When she demands he takes her back to her clan, he recognizes her as the mischievous lass who taunted him at a festival years before. Mm-hmm. Roderick realizes this might be his chance to have a little bit of fun and give Lady Greer a taste of her own medicine. But Roderick's chance at revenge turns into a merry chase across the highlands that leads them both to unexpected passion, perilous danger, and maybe even love. Woohoo! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was literally so much fun to write. I I had so much fun, like making her do all these troublemaking sort of things, and like him be like, "What the heck do I do with this lady?" Um, and just and then him like playing along, you know, the serious guy, and then all of a sudden, you know, she's being teasing and you know mischievous, and he's like, "Actually, this is kind of fun. I want to play along too." So it was fun. Um, and there's some dark things, dark moments in it too, but probably one of the funnest books I've written in a really long time. I enjoyed these people a lot. Yay! Fine books are awesome. Thank you. Now it's your turn. Okay. So, because I don't know what to talk about. Because I have a couple, I have like a novella coming out and a box set coming out, but then, uh, oh, uh, so, okay, I'll talk about, I don't know. Have a Tell us what they can read right now. Like, they're going to go, they're all going to go one click right now from the show notes. Okay. Yes. So if they were going to one click right now, I have a book called Mesmerizing the Marquee that is the most oh, yes. recently most recently released book that I have. And I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up on Amazon so I can read. Um. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even read mine. <laughs> oh, you no, could go back and read really it. really good. Oh, no, that's um, okay. But so basically, this one is actually a Regency. Um, so I do Regency. I do Scottish. I do Medieval. I'm kind of like, I can't figure out what I love. I just love history. Um, you love history. That's what you are. Yeah, historical And writer. that's why we are here. Yep, that's right. So, uh, so this is actually part of um, a series where a bunch of us, uh, a bunch of authors wrote um, a book 
and released it like a week apart. And so mine was called Mesmerizing the Marquee. Um, and I actually do have a book that's tied to this that will be coming out on April 16th. It's an anthology with several other authors. And that one's going to be called Discovering a Duke. And it's Yay. part of um, Dukes by the Dozen. So anyways, Mesmerizing the Marquee. Oh, that's a great title. It really is. And so it's actually, it's fun because it's a baker's dozen. So it goes oh my January gosh. to January. And so every single month you can read about a different Duke. Um, and I my, my Duke is Mr. March. So. I love it. But so, and, and it's fun because I have Mesmerizing the Marquee and then Discovering the Duke. And then I'm going to be writing a new Wicked Earls book in December. And that's going to be called Educating the Earl. So <laughs> okay, so here is the description for Mesmerizing the Marquis. A Marquis without hope of love. Noah Haskett, the Marquis of Hesterton, is a recluse due to the rumors surrounding his late brother's death. Staying away from the tomb has given him a reprieve from the debutantes who want him only for his title and wealth. After all, what woman would desire a beast of a man with a twisted leg? Never once has the idea of marriage, much less love, crossed his mind, until the day he saves a mysterious dark-haired beauty, an heiress burdened with a gift. Miss Helen Craig has spent a lifetime hiding her ability to see the future, avoiding any opportunities for marriage because she fears of passing her gift onto her child. But what she does not anticipate is the very heroic, very handsome Marquis and her vision of his impending death. A desire neither can deny... Attempting to save the Marquis from murder, from murder brings danger to Helen's door, as well as undeniable passion. But is, scorching, is the scorching heat between them enough to keep make them trust? Okay, this is hard to read after having one. <laughs> but is the scorching heat between them enough to make them trust one another? Will the two find love, or will death catch them in its grasp first? Love. So, yes. But the That's thing that I good. loved the most about writing Mesmerizing the Marquis was um, they had a lot of fun banter between them. That was making me like snort with giggles while I was writing. Yes. I was like, and then she's going to say this. Aww. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that was a really fun book to read. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. So. Yay. Well, I think that is probably about it. But it was fun doing this. And I'm looking it forward to doing it It was a lot of fun. Again. Yes, this was a lot of fun. It was a happy, and happy hour. It was a very happy, happy hour. a lot in the show notes. We will have so much in the show notes. So and we will have another episode coming up. However, we have not decided on that episode yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. yet. Have we decided on how a time period? No. I think our um, our original goal was to have a different post, um, different podcast up every week, week or so. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And we would each do one, but then once a month yeah. we would do happy hour. Yep. Once a month we'll be together for happy hour. Which yeah. It's really just an excuse to drink, but it's cool on there. It's so awesome. Yes. Oh, so and in April we'll have a special one because we're all going to be together in um, at a writer's retreat. We every yes. this is it's our second annual writer's Yay. retreat. The three of us we rent a cabin in the woods on a lake or was it a river? It's a river. It's, it's a river. river. Yes. <laughs> and we had so much fun doing it last year. So we're doing it again this year. And basically for several days, we write, we plot, um, we have wine. And this year we'll be podcasting from our special place. Yes. But before that, we have many weeks of podcasts to share with you. Yes, <laughs> and it's going to be a lot of good stuff. And it's yeah. going to have, like, history and um, wine and, you know, us. And books. And also, I think, like, um, if everybody, if, if you have an idea for something that you'd like us to talk about, we are always open to suggestions, right? Yes. That's a great idea. And if you have any questions for us, yep. let us know, because we'd be happy to answer them. Yep. And we'll have a special email address just for this podcast in the show notes. Show notes. <laughs> and you can also reach us at our websites. Mine is com. Yep. Mine is LaurieAnnBailey.com. No E. Mine is ElizaKnight.com. We're also all on Facebook and um, Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Yes. So be sure to follow us there. We love speaking with our readers. Yes. Have a wonderful night and may your glass be ever full. Yes. Good night, everyone. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Bye. Bye.